Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris here with a hunk update. <laughs> Thank goodness I have been Jordan on tenterhooks. Yeah, I know. You ha- I know you haven't heard from me, R.E. Hunks, in a while. Ah. Um, so I just wanted to update you and, you know, everybody. I mean, and I'm really like, you know, I just get really inspired by, um, Gavin Newsom's kind of daily coronavirus updates. Right. Sure. So I just wanted to do my, my duty in making people feel more secure, um, you know, just informed about what the various hunks in my neighborhood are doing. Sure. You got to get all the, all those listeners out there. All those beefcake buddies, mm-hmm. we're here for you with another one of our signature hunk updates. That's right. The, the, the recurring segment we've never done before. Uh, Brian, go ahead and write some theme music. Uh, we'll wait. Maybe uh, something that kind of sounds like the Perfect Strangers theme song. That'd be great. Yeah. Use your music talent that you have, Brian. <laughs> um, so a couple weeks ago, I talked about... Um, you know, going on one of my dumb little bullshit walks, you know, the government-mandated bullshit walks we all have to take. Yeah, if people are listening from uh, outside the United States um, right now, every day the government says you got to take a little fucking walk. Yeah, oh, go for a little walk. walk around the neighborhood. It's just like oh. real fun. It's like oh. you won't know the difference between your dumb walk and real fun. You'll love it. You love going for walks. <laughs> so I was on one of my dumb little bullshit walks, and I saw... Uh, a guy I had I have been calling Juggle Hunk. Uh huh. This was a man who was j- juggling in his yard who had like movie star good looks. Right. <laughs> yeah. He looks like someone who would be on like Riverdale. Sure. Um, I was one hundred percent confident you were going to say River Dance, but I'll take either <laughs> one. Hey, uh, Michael Flatley is a is a is a classic hunk, but I think he's a zaddy at this point. Yeah, I think we are. You're talking about the difference between an Irish hunk and, I guess, probably a Vancouver hunk for Riverdale. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, and then again, like obviously, like you know, uh, there are attractive people, you know, of all shapes and sizes. But um, you know, you do not, you, you don't really associate a juggler with these kind of classic symmetrical. Tall, cut, jacked, movie star, good looks. No, that's more of a unicyclist thing. Right. So, so I'm like, oh, but I mean, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, this is some prejudice that I have. Um, And, you know, I'm always looking to kind of unpack my knapsack. Sure. I mean, I've openly acknowledged my no circus skills privilege on this program. So obviously we have some baggage around the issue of circus skills. I use that time in my life, Jordan. The time I would have been acquiring circus skills, I used it to uh, further my career and, and family interests. Mm. Uh, was it a good choice? Time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, so, already we have one unorthodox hunk in my life. I was taking a little dumb little, dumb my dumb little bullshit walk by the beach the other day. I saw a metal detector hunk. Wow. A different vibe from this hunk. It wasn't so much Riverdale. It was kind of like 
you know, gosh, how would I describe this guy? Like, I mean, he had an influencer vibe. He looked like he would oh. be a guy that you've never heard of, but all 19-year-olds get their news from on TikTok. I assumed when you said it was a metal detecting hunk, I immediately pictured a guy who is second or third build on a show that stars Kevin Costner. Mm. Like on the History Channel, like a, like a scripted fictional show on the History Channel that's called like Monitor v. Mary Mac. Right, yeah, exactly. And, and eight times more people have watched it than have watched The Handmaid's Tale. Would you say that Costner plays the Monitor or the Merrimack? Which of the <laughs> ironclad shifts would you say? Would you cast Kevin Costner as? Costner, actually, fun fact about that show, he plays the sea. Oh, wow. Upon which they sail. And William Hurt plays both ships. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Will Peter Fonda appear in this? <laughs> Why not? Almost certainly. <laughs> I believe he's passed on, but maybe William Hurt has too. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, all the people we've mentioned in this segment may be dead. Yeah, sorry, Kevin Costner. We haven't been keeping close tabs. Yeah. So, okay, Metal Detector Hunk blows my mind. And then the other day, in in a median, you know, the little area between, you know, like near a roundabout. Yeah. Uh, just fucking wailing, wailing, going to town. There's a bagpipe, babe. There's a, a woman whose energy I would describe as Laura Dern from Jurassic Park. Wow. Uh, similar, you know, maybe like, a, like Laura, you know, at the time, Laura Dern, similar outfit, similar energy, and she is just fucking wailing on the bagpipe and not, doesn't, doesn't seem to be collecting any money. Um, I mean, obviously kind of unsafe to busk, you know, with everything that's going on. Yeah, these are not busking times. These are times for for little little bullshit walks. Yeah, and apparently just going fucking nuts on a bagpipe in public where people can't get to you. Would you say she was ripping a sweet solo? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously there was no other. She wasn't part of a band, right? <laughs> the rest of the real Mackenzies weren't there. Yeah, band that has a bagpipe. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. No problem. Pogue's also acceptable. Dropkick Murphy's works there. Put in whatever you want. I'm going to think about which of my favorite bands has a bagpipe. My first thought is Mint Condition, but I don't think they have a bagpipe. I don't think so. I'm not certain, but I don't think so. They tour with one, though. You don't hear it on the records. Was there ever a bagpipe in Mandrill? I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Not certain. A lot of Afro-Cuban influence in that band, but I don't know whether there was any Celtic influence. So anyway, I'm, I'm the, the, you know, I've apparently have been all wrong about hunks and their activities. Hunks, babes, yeah. and the activities that they do. It's a new world out there. Yeah. I knew about hunky butchers. Mm, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, that kind of, that's in there with like hunky celebrity chef, the, you know, kind of Portlandy tattoo guy. Who yeah. has like a, a you know a custom knife block or something? I, I'm that's you know I think that's that's been a a cultural force for a while now. You know what I'd like to see? Yes, hunky pitmaster. Uh, like a like a gr- a grill man, like a, a, like bar- a barbecue? yeah barbecue hunk. I bet that exists, right? Low There's and slow, baby. Be. 
There's got to be a guy with it. That's uh, how I want it from a barbecue hunk. Guy with a bunch of navel tattoos. Yeah. Maybe like a one maybe like a full back tattoo of all the parts of a pig. Mm, right. Yes. From the Ruta to the Tuta. Mm-hmm. As they say. I've heard that. I've heard people say that. Now I dare you just got me daydreaming about hunks. <laughs> yeah. Brian, would you just play some dreamy music and <laughs> we can all just I'd like, hey listeners, think about your favorite hunks. <laughs> This is your time, listeners. This is your time. <laughs> Beef and cheesecake served up fresh on Jordan Jesse Go. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Hey, throw a zaddy in there while you're at it. <laughs> Think about a zaddy. And some zatarans. What? <laughs> zaddy covered yeah, like in zatarans? Red beans, and, red beans and rice mix, perhaps? Oof. Great side. Great side dish. We've addressed that the grocery store by my house has an inexplicable Cajun section, right? We have, yes. Okay, thank God, because it's all I think about. There's like a Central American section. You're like, well, sure, of course there's that. And then there's like a a Southeast Asian section. And you're like, well, you know, that's less less common in this neighborhood, but uh, I can see why they would have that. And then just as big, Cajun section, full of Zatarans. Mm, Throw that on anything. Any kind of Cajun anything. Just all different prepared foods with pictures of alligators on the box. (laughs) A shrimp with sunglasses. (laughs) Should we introduce our hunky guest, Jordan? Yes. Our hunky guest is a journalist and comedy writer. His credits include writing for the WWE and, of course, the New Yorker. Just like Simon Rich. He was the Simon Rich of the WWE. Uh, he has a podcast called Full Court Chat. Uh, it's about uh, uh, sitting down with some of the biggest names in sports and culture for in-depth, no-holds-barred conversation. You're gonna, D- Dave. You're, you will have to come up with a more, a less generic podcast description than that. Uh, Dave Schilling is our guest. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey guys, <clears throat> I gotta say I was so excited when you started talking about ironclads. I almost jumped in. Like, oh, man, we're talking about iron. We can back up. We can easily back up. Oh, shit, we're talking about ironclads? (laughs) Damn. Do you have a top three ironclads? A monitor, Mary Mac, Uh and then my ex-wife. Whoa. Boom. Man, you know what I think about? You know what I think about when I think ironclads? This is like a parallel. This is a parallel uh, nautical military history item but i think about how in the revolutionary war they had that kind of perfectly round submarine that was like just bigger than one guy and made out of wood and it would go underneath and then it had a a hand crank screw to try and put a hole in a boat that it found Mm -hmm. oh yeah you're talking about a tomb yeah there there you go (laughs) thanks dave it's called a tomb because that's where you that's that's how you die (laughs) I'm going to get into a big piece of wood and uh, somehow try to not suffocate. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, All yeah, right. B- b- well, as the guy is getting in, he's like, is is technology here yet? Have we talked about that? Is, <laughs> this, are we are we overreaching? The uh, Industrial Revolution is on the way. <laughs> he's like, I know we have blunderbuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes me 25 minutes to load my rifle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dave, do you have any favorite local hunks? Oh, boy. I mean, besides myself taking myself 
right. out yeah. of the equation. That's the classy thing to do, Dave. I think it's only fair. Um, I gotta go with Sweet James. Oh, no, sure. Sweet James no. the, the, the billboard lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I, my, Sweet James my... is a really fun local billboard lawyer. Sweet James emerged from nowhere 15 months ago. There were, he, did, he was born fully formed as a billboard lawyer 15 months ago when he decided to buy all of Los Angeles's billboards. And his logo is that kind of flowing softball team jersey script. <laughs> and it says, Sweet James, and then it's got a picture of him, and that's it. That's all he has to say for himself. There's no, like, he, he took a look... At uh, there's a famous Los Angeles billboard lawyer uh, who has billboards with a picture of him, and it just says "Accidentes." Yep, yep. Phone number is all sevens, I believe, too. There you go. He took a look at that and he thought, "I like it, but it's a bit wordy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, it's him. Uh, you got Accidentes guy, and then you've got Jacob, called Jacob, and those three guys oh, yeah. have basically carved out the city like mob bosses <laughs> from gangs of New York. Yeah. Fun fact about Jacob and Ronnie, um, Sweet James and Accidentes, they all share the same suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all, they all share it at the same time. <laughs> it's this one large suit. They're, yeah, they're a rat king of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of billboard lawyers. If you're wondering why you don't hear from Jacoby and Myers much anymore, it's right. because Sweet James had them aced. Mm. Yeah, you don't <laughs> fuck with Sweet James. That's why the Velvet Underground wrote that song about him. You got the guy who killed Osama bin Laden. He's like, do it to those two. Take those fuckers out. <laughs> that guy was just on a speaking tour at a local Rotary Club, and Sweet James approached him. <laughs> Seems like you got a lot of time on your hands. Have you considered killing some personal injury lawyers? <laughs> You know I have. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, funny you mentioned that. Yeah, I formed a new organization, SEAL Team 7. Mm-hmm. It's only for killing personal injury lawyers. <laughs> You're next, Salino and Barnes. <laughs> injury attorney. When my wife was in law that's school... That's and Barnes song. I don't know if that's regional or not. Thank you. Uh... When my wife was in law school, a $125,000 boondoggle that I'll never forget. One of the most interesting things she learned is that there's all these rules about how you can and cannot advertise yourself when you're a lawyer. It's immoral to promote yourself if you're a member of the bar. Like, it's against bar rules. So you basically can't say that you're good at being a lawyer. You can only say that you are a lawyer. Huh. I mean, I guess Sweet James isn't saying that he'll do a good job. That's what it is. I mean, it's like, imagine if, like, Roto-Rooter's slogan was, Roto-Rooter, a company that clears pipes. (laughs) We have the necessary equipment. Yeah. (laughs) I guess it's like Arby's slogan. We have the meats. (laughs) No guarantee that you're going to want to eat them, but we do have have them. them. We have them. They are here. Are they good? It would be immoral to say. We won't even say we have all the meats. We just have (laughs) some of the meats. And by we, we mean Ving Rhames will say it. (laughs) That's who does the voiceover for the Arby's commercials. Isn't that a fun fact? Well, it is fun. It's very fun. Yeah. It's great in everything, Ving Rhames. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Always love it when Ving Rhames pops up in something. Uh, 
I have a question. Yes. Do you think that somewhere in this great land, mm-hmm. and this is one of those questions where you think like of all the stars and all the galaxies, you know what I mean? Like our nation spreads out before us, seemingly almost infinite, you know? You could ask, you know, you could ask the early explorers, how far, how far does America go? They would say forever. You know, Lewis and Clark would tell you, there's no knowing mm-hmm. how far this great land stretches. It contains multitudes. Do you think there's such a thing as an Arby's hunk? Oh, hmm. Mm. And he's wearing just the hat? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he's got Arby's undies. Oh, sure. Yeah, or, uh, or undies made of meat. Oh. <laughs> That's what I call beefcake. Yeah, sure. Does he have horsey sauce or a horsey cock? That was a little <laughs> grosser than we've been oh, being my. in this. Yeah, oh, that was a little Lord. more gross, but, you know, I got worried. As soon as you said horsey sauce, mm-hmm. I got worried that it would burn my penis. <laughs> well, seems like you need to toughen up that penis ears. <laughs> He's got a he's got a weak penis. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Weak penis. The penis has has no no bravery or stamina within it at all. <laughs> Just a real wussy penis, dude. You got to start jamming that thing in some spicy dips, man. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Maybe I'll start with my scrot. <laughs> work your way work up. Work your way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, I'm already dunking my thing in Nashville hot. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Five alarm, uh, boom! I put mine in some Frank's Red Hot one time on a trip to Buffalo, New York. Well, that's fun. That's that's a fun, a fun regional thing to stick your dick in. My penis just turned gray after a while, <laughs> like a raw sausage. Uh, Dave, you we're speaking of hunks. You mm-hmm. have worked at what I call the Hunk Factory, which is WWE <laughs> Wrestling. It's where they make they make hunks, the hunks that love to slam. Yeah. Yeah, my job was just to turn the uh, the old grinder just so that the hunks keep coming out, you know? Yeah. Like, luckily, like, like the organ grinder monkey, I'm just, like, turning the little, <laughs> turning the wheels. Here comes another hunk. Boom. Here comes another hunk. Boom. Exactly. The classic factory song plays. <laughs> you just uh, have a big, you know, a big uh, cone that's accepting raw materials, you know, and you just pour in meat and steroids and reps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, it's like that I Love Lucy episode. I was stuffing hunks in my mouth. <laughs> like speeding up the conveyor belt. Oh, yeah. oh, there's too many hogs. Oh, 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 what a show called. These are hogs. Oh, no, my penis is gray. <laughs> <laughs> From an unrelated mistake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how does, how, what, do, when one is writing for WWE, what does one write? Uh, so I, I write body slam, pile driver, <laughs> clothesline. Hit with chair. <laughs> yeah, hit with chair. No, um, it's it's the the promos, the interviews that they give. You know, all that dialogue is scripted, and then in in the same way that a normal television writer's room, written by adult males and females, would be, um, you are breaking the story of every episode. But instead of like, you know, a three act structure and and fun conversations and whatnot, it's matches. So there's 
like any television show, live television show, there's segments and then broken up by commercial breaks. And so I worked on SmackDown, and that's two hours long. Uh, it was on USA Network. Now it's on Fox. And it had 11 segments separated by commercial breaks. And then you have the, the, the hour crossover. Uh, and you want to have something important happening there. And you want to have something important happening to open the show. And you want to have something important happening at the end of the show. That's it. That's it. And most of the decision-making happens because of what Vince McMahon wants versus what maybe I want or somebody else wants. It's, it's a bizarre job. It seems like they don't need us. We're kind of there <laughs> just to be fired in the sense that, like... <laughs> i got to fire somebody. Yeah, it's, it's a buffer zone between the professional wrestler, who is very sensitive, uh, very self-conscious, and very large... And the actual people who make the decisions. So the wrestlers get mad at us. And then the real writers, Vince McMahon and various other people, get mad at us too. And so eventually, when something bad happens, the ratings go down, someone gets injured, someone looks at you funny, you know, somebody puts poop in somebody's gym bag. The writer is the one who gets fired. Vince McMahon's not going to get fired. The wrestler's not going to get fired. It's the writer because they don't need us to make this show. So that was it. Did you did you get do you like get FaceTime with them? Do you like sit down with I don't know, just for example, Jake the Snake Roberts? I did not meet him, but thank you for <laughs> thank you for a very contemporary reference. It's very that's where my wrestling knowledge stops. Not even at one of the Iron Sheik's famous Algonquin round tables. <laughs> <laughs> um do you yeah, do like do you sit down with them and talk about character development and stuff like that yes yes absolutely if you are on the road there there are two teams there's a home team and a road team that's what they're called the home team is in stamford connecticut and i was on the the home team for most of my time at wwe and you know breaking episodes and pitching segments and writing dialogue and stuff then the other writers are on the road at the shows and they're the ones who are communicating to the wrestlers what I've written or someone else has written, explaining to them what they need to do, which makes no sense. It's completely illogical. I should be telling them, but there's got to be more layers of bureaucracy. Otherwise, the show will run too smoothly. So they have to keep throwing monkey wrenches into things. So you sit down, you tell the wrestler, this is what I want you to do. You need to do this. We're going to shoot this now. We're going to shoot this later. Here's how we're going to shoot it. And then you shoot it, and then inevitably it goes wrong, and Vince yells at the the writer, and then fires them. That's that's the show. Wow, sounds like a real dream. Yeah, it's like Saturday Night Live if it sucked all the time. <laughs> How old is Vince McMahon? I think he's probably slightly less old than the Merrimack. <laughs> he's in his seventies or something. <laughs> Is he still yoked? There was a period where he was yoked, and he was on the show a lot. He's significantly less yoked. Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a he's an exceptional um, g- geriatric septuagenarian or whatever that word would be for someone in his seventies, uh, but he's still an old man. So he's in better shape than ninety percent of old men in the in the world. But he's still an old man. So he's not huge, but he is in good shape, and he's still able to get around and isn't doddering or anything. Was there ever anything you wanted to do while you were there that like? You couldn't just because of bureaucracy and red tape and, you know, kind of all that gunk because the thing's been going around, going on for, you know, 50 years. I would say that... Kiss Jake the Snake (laughs) Robert. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to make out with the snake. 
Uh, yeah, I would say that's the, the dream. The number one thing I didn't get to do is not get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I accomplished all my goals. Did you just, when you eventually got fired, did you just take one of the many other entertainment jobs in Connecticut? Yes, yes. I stuck around and decided to just work at Jerry Springer. <laughs> Is Jerry Springer in Connecticut? Yes. Wow. So you were the one who broke up the stripper fights. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did yeah. a great oh, job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I tell you guys a Jerry Springer fact that I learned? Please. Sure. So I did a couple years ago, I did a podcast called The Turnaround, where I interviewed interviewers. And one of the people I interviewed was Jerry Springer. And Jerry Springer is like, you know, he's famously, you know, he was, uh, he was a local Democratic politician in Cincinnati and a pretty successful one uh, until he was disgraced and became a local and then went on to a long career in local television that out of which the, uh, the Jerry Springer show came. He's already like, you know, people will tell you, did you know that he used to be mayor of Cincinnati? The real fact that I learned about him that blew my mind was he does not know the topic of the show until he goes on stage and read, reads it from the prompter. <laughs> wow. The topic of the episode is news to him when he reads it from the prompter because he likes it to be a surprise. <laughs> I mean, I think that surprise is a you know key part of that show. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of Jerry Springer in my life, but um, yeah, I mean, I think you want to be surprised when the strippers start fighting. You might have thought though they could be uh, friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, the, at at what point after I guess seven hundred stripper fights are you like? Well, there's probably going to be a fight here, so I should probably get out of the way. There's no <laughs> way you're surprised anymore. Yeah. You're the host of the Jerry Springer show. Your name is Jerry Springer. And guess what? We're watching to see those strippers fight or to see, you know, some Klansmen wrestling with some punk kids or, you know, whatever, a paternity test or something. That's what we're there to see. So it's not a surprise. That, I think, is a Jerry Springer genre that um, that I think was probably in its heyday um, when we were kids is... Giving giving punks uh, a ven a venue to yell at Klansmen. That's what we're missing today in yeah. the discourse. It's just a safe place. It's not the internet, right? Where punks and Klansmen can have conversations <laughs> that usually end in fisticuffs. Yeah. Now it has to happen on the street all the time. It's horrible. Hey, thank you, thank you, um, Dave. Would you say do you now all the people you worked with at WWE did they automatically get New Yorker articles? Yes, every every single one of them, all of them. Uh, they're all very successful. I think I I don't know. Actually, I don't know what any of them are doing. There's probably none of them left that were there when I was there. They probably have all been fired. But uh, yes, I did because of my hard work and my talent. Do you, Dave? I have an important question for you. Sure. When you're a writer for the WWE and you inevitably get fired. Mm -hmm. Do you then get other jobs writing wrestling matches? There's really only one other company that does it. And they don't they don't hire people who are writers. They hire wrestlers to do the writing, which is um, traditionally how it's done. Is that wrestlers, ex-wrestlers or wrestlers that are in semi-retirement will be what's called a booker. And the, and the booker is the person who picks the matches 
who decides what the storylines are going to be and executes the show from a production standpoint. The wrestlers are the ones that come up with what they're, they're going to say. That has been the case from the beginning of wrestling, basically, till the late 90s, early 2000s. Vince McMahon's brilliant idea was, let's hire a bunch of soap opera writers. <laughs> let's hire a bunch of TV writers of other, other uh, ilks and whatnot, and let's give them the chance to script these shows. And you can see the quality of the show going down every year that that has been in, in, in practice. Uh, so, it's, I mean, I, I would imagine you got this job because you were a wrestling fan. You know, you, you grew up with it or, you know, um, after having kind of what sounds like a bad experience with it, can you still watch it? Do you still watch wrestling? No. Okay. I do not. No, it gives me a visceral, violent reaction where I want to hit myself in the face with a brick. Wow, okay. Holy mackerel. Yeah, sure. You... I haven't done it yet, but I thought about it. Do you have the brick on hand? <laughs> <laughs> but what do you really think about wrestling, Dave? Uh, wrestling is wonderful. It's fine. It's just not... Once you've seen it be made, it's kind of less appealing um, to, to witness uh, from a fan standpoint. Uh, once you've hit that you know, pinnacle, WWE is the biggest wrestling company in the world, the biggest wrestling company in history. I just, uh, there's nothing else for you to do in wrestling, and it just doesn't have the same kind of transportative appeal that it did when you were someone who didn't know what it was like, what is really going on, why decisions are made, why certain things happen or don't happen on the show. I'm just overanalyzing it and picking it apart and looking at my phone the whole time and thinking about other stuff that I could be doing besides watching wrestling. I feel like there's a lot more room than one would expect in the world of professional wrestling for a 64-year-old man. <laughs> like, I feel like... I feel like for a thing that is based on extraordinary feats of athleticism, there is a lot of just doddering men in singlets wandering through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like this is a world where Hulk Hogan is 7,000 years old has been taped having elderly sex and <laughs> shouting racial slurs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, and the greatest still, hits. <laughs> and like, and he still, it's like, if Hulk Hogan was a basketball player, they wouldn't have him come back and do a little more basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the, yeah, who was the oldest old guy when you were there? That is, a, I think that is a, that is a good point. Kurt Angle. If you remember Kurt Angle, he was in probably in his early 50s, I think, maybe late 40s, early 50s. Now, was he the guy always carrying around the snake? <laughs> no, yes, that's the Kurt, Iron Sheik. Oh, Kurt the, Iron the snake Angle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, he was an Olympic gold medalist in, in, in amateur wrestling, okay. Greco-Roman or whatever it's called, wrestling, and uh, then transitioned to WWF in the late 90s. Mm. Uh, Jesse and Dave, I was wondering, as sports fans, uh, are you guys uh, are you guys watching these kind of weird fanless sporting events? It's all I do, Jordan. Watch weird fanless sporting events. You know, our friend Ali Wong, ha past Jordan Jesse Go guest Ali Wong, has a cardboard celebrity cutout of herself. At AT&T Park in San Francisco. Wow. In the stands, they have cardboard cutouts of, of fans. Mm -hmm. 
And then some of them are of legendary Giants players. Some of them are for legendary local celebrities like E-40. Ali Wong made the cut. Hey, that's great. Yeah, I, I have a, a cardboard cut out of Dodger Stadium. I paid for it like a good American. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, sure. I didn't get it for free like Celebrity Ali Wong. I'm not a celebrity, but I do have a cardboard cutout at Dodger Stadium. So I think Ali and I are closer than you think in terms of esteem. Dave, I feel this is what my feeling about it. Your mistake was rooting for a team in Los Angeles. Oh, boy. Ali's, oh. Ali's star shines bright enough to get a cutout in San Francisco. She probably couldn't quite cut it in, in Los Angeles. No offense to Allie, who's a big star and a big talent, amazing human being. Uh, but I think you and me, Dave, like if we were Reds fans. Oh my God. Can you imagine? I mean, they probably have a Bootsy Collins cutout. But, like, we're probably, we would be second and third on the list. I think if I was a Cincinnati Reds fan, they'd let me pitch the seventh inning. Travis McElroy's probably got a cutout in Cincinnati right now. Come on in, Travis. Here's the ball. Good luck. Do you think I could get a Padres cutout? Because uh, when I was a kid, we went to the uh, San Diego Wild Animal Park. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I've been on the, I've been on the submarine in San Diego. Give me a fucking cutout. Petco Park. I think most of the cutouts are dogs. I think it's like exclusively dogs at, at <laughs> the San Diego Padres games. Oh, dogs is dog cutouts is a big new phenomenon, Jordan. Uh, there are some teams that are putting out cutouts of adoptable dogs. That's fun. Which I love. That's fun. I mean, I've been on this show. I want to. I want to make it clear, Dave. You you weren't here a couple of weeks ago, but I have openly advocated for letting live unleashed dogs into the ballpark during the game. <laughs> That's a fantastic. <laughs> However. Idea. Part of the premise of this was my, it turns out, erroneous belief that dogs can't get coronavirus. It turns out a dog did get coronavirus, tragically. So I'm out on that. But my new thing is what about those Sony Abos? You know what I'm talking about? Those little robot dogs. <laughs> I, mm. don't, I don't know the Sony Abo. Yeah, I think it's called an Abo. It might, be, it might be called something else, frankly, but it's a little robot dog. Those little yellow things? Yeah. They're like a yellow, like long legs, and they kind of... Yeah, I've seen those guys. Yeah, Wait, yellow? You're thinking of a sports walkman. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> the one, the, the, the waterproof one? Yeah, you're, thinking, yeah. you're thinking of a dive watch. Oh, okay. So I can't play a, my, my Ellen DeGeneres comedy album CD uh, on one of these dogs. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. All right, well, never mind. I, but I would like to see... You wouldn't need to fill the whole stadium with Sony Abos, and they're pretty expensive, I bet, you know. But I think if you got 35, 40,000 seat stadium, if you got 6,000 Abos and just let them go wild in the lower bowl, I think that would be a great time for everybody, including the ball players. Sure. That's nice, but I have a better idea. Listen to What's this. What's that, Dave? Listen to this, okay? Listen to this. Instead of people that are paying or celebrities or dogs or anything like that you get cardboard cutouts of the fbi's 100 most wanted <laughs> criminals <laughs> and spread them acro- across sure. the stadium so every game you get a glimpse of the most heinous criminals in the country and so if you see them walking around driving their car 
eating at a restaurant, and you're like, I saw you at the Dodger game, you son of a bitch. You're a terrorist. And he's like, you got me. And then you take him in. Man. I love this. Public service. That's Public amazing. service. Every t- every strikeout, every home run witnessed by 200 cold dead eyes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Vacant souls. Some of the most sociopathic, cruel, yeah. evil men and women in this nation. And then everybody could cheer if like one of them gets knocked over with a foul ball. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> it's like fun. That's right. You're aiming for him at that point. And then everybody gets a free Jack in the Box breakfast sandwich. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I read something that the, the crowd noise that they're using, they're like pumping in artificial crowd noise. It is from an MLB video game. Is that true? That is correct. That is true. Yeah. In baseball. Yeah. They, I, I listened to, uh, I listened to a baseball nerd podcast called Effectively Wild and they interviewed one of the ballpark sound guys. Major League Baseball sent out like... You know those, you know those uh, like sound trigger pads that morning radio DJs use. Oh, yeah, that sure. look like that look like MPC drum machines or something like that. This the sound trigger they they made sound trigger pads loaded with sounds from MLB the show for the Sony PlayStation, and then they have those just plugged into the PA system and they play them by tapping on pads and turning knobs. Now, Dave, you had a good idea with the p- p- putting wanted criminals in the stands. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I, got uh-huh. a, I got myself an idea. You're not the only one who can have ideas, Dave. I can have ideas, too. Jordan's kind of our idea, man. I'm a real idea. I throw it to the wall. I see what sticks. Lay no bad ideas me. in brainstorming. But I think this one's good. So you're already throwing just fucking video game noises in there. Why not just randomly throw in a Hadouken? <laughs> yeah. So the crowd's going wild for you know uh, for a grand slam or a ground rule double. Just throw in a mm-hmm. Hadouken. People would love that. Hadouken. Yeah, I like it. Get the. I'd like pumped. to hear like maybe a power up sound. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I, I'd I'd like to get Michael Winslow from Police Academy to just do them live for three yeah. hours. That's 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 the play right there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a home run for a helicopter. <laughs> Everybody duck. It sounds like someone is opening fire with a machine gun. <laughs> oh, wait. It's just Michael Winslow. <laughs> that that crafty little man. What a fun what a fun ruse. And then if someone gets hit by a pitch, you play the sound of Pac-Man dying. <laughs> um, let's, let's take a quick break. Uh, it'll give Michael Winslow a chance to call in for that... Uh, interview that he scheduled on our college radio show 15 years ago uh and uh, we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go it's jordan jesse go i'm jesse thorne america's radio sweetheart jordan morris boy detective you know jordan every jordan jesse go is brought to our listeners by their fellow listeners who are members of Maximum Fun. Folks who've gone to, gone to MaximumFun.org slash join and signed up to kick us a few bucks. Uh, there are thousands of those folks, and they keep our lights on. Our thanks to them. And this week, our show is also supported by our friends at Sunbasket. You know, if you're tired 
of going out to the grocery store and, uh, you know, putting on the full hazmat suit and you wish that meals would just arrive at your door ready to be cooked. Well, good news. Sunbasket is in your corner. They deliver fresh, healthy, delicious recipes for all kinds of dietary preferences, including paleo, gluten-free, Mediterranean, vegetarian, and more. Yeah. More. And it's all co-founded by our friend Tyler from college. <laughs> That's right, yes. Tyler, who loved to, to get Dippin' Dots from the Santa Cruz boardwalk. Oh, yeah, he did. Remember when Tyler was driving a... Um, a Lincoln town car uh, that he had inherited from his dad. But when his dad had bought it, he had decided to Southwestern drip paint it. I don't remember so it that. Was it was like cool though. Sandy colored with like, with like drip paint, like Jackson Pollock, but in Southwestern colors. And then when Tyler would drive it, he would wear a little chauffeur hat that his dad <laughs> gave him to drive around in it. This is all true. I'm That's, not making any of this up about our friend Tyler from college. I, I believe you. I believe you 100%. Who went on to co-found Sunbasket. By the way, I wrote a, I wrote a Sunbasket song. Do you want to hear it? Oh, I would love to. Because I, I think if there's one thing sponsors respond to, it's us writing songs that they did not ask for to the tunes of songs that maybe we could be sued for. It goes, I'm a being feeded by a Sunbasket. Sun basket, sun basket. Mm, it's, it's a Cat Stevens beautiful song originally. I feel like I was around the campfire. But his second draft eliminated the references to Sun Basket. <laughs> right. Now known as Youssef Islam. Uh, hey, each week, Sun Basket offers a wide range of meals to choose from, so you can try mouthwatering dishes such as uh Hoisin steak strip lettuce cups with pickled daikon and carrots. I ate that. Those are quick pickles, Jordan. They're not. You don't have to wait six months for these fucking things to set up. Oh, thank goodness. Just do, you put them in the you put them in the pickle juice right first, and then you get on. You cook your steak and your cups, and then you go back and you got you got quick pickles waiting for you. They're tasty as heck. Sounds fun. You can also yeah. get roasted salmon with miso glazed eggplant, black bean tostadas, Diablo with cabbage slaw, and guacamole. No, I'm opposed to that one. How come? I prefer tostadas Cristo. Mmm, right. The tostadas of Christ. <laughs> right. I'm a being feeded by a sun basket. Sun basket, sun basket. Uh, if you want to try... This delightful service. Uh, they are offering you $35 off when you go to sunbasket.com slash JJGo and enter promo code JJGo. Sunbasket.com slash JJGo and enter promo code JJGo at checkout for $35 off your order. Wow. That's sunbasket.com slash JJGo and enter promo code JJGo. And remember the song that everyone loves to hear. That's right. I'm a being feeded by a sun basket, sun basket, sun basket. Feeded is the verb there. Because it needs to be two syllables, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, Cat Stevens knows that. Yeah, Cat Stevens is a master of syllabary. Mm-hmm. Syllabary. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. Love you, 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 love you,
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dave Schilling, fired WWE writer. That's how he defines himself, folks. That is <laughs> by his is. failures. <laughs> you have to be defined by your failure because then it will never happen again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I learned from the show Forged in Fire. Mm-hmm. Where I, I get all of my aphorisms. From. <laughs> What's forged in fire? It's about making swords. Like, is it's a reality show about making swords? About making swords. Wow. Yes, it's sort of like orange. Uh, what was that show? Uh, uh, West Coast Choppers or whatever. Yeah, you remember that one with the the? It's from the meme with the mustache oh, guy. Yeah. They make they made uh, motorcycles. This show they make swords. Huh. So just a new sword every week. No, it's the same sword. It's weird. <laughs> this a season long, <laughs> season long art. It's an yes. art. Yes, it's like you see one, right. and then you, and then the season finale back. they tease nunchucks. <laughs> People are like, oh shit! I hope they get picked up. <laughs> up in the ante with nunchucks. Yeah. Um. So, uh, 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 Brian, our producer, who's doing a doing a fucking bang up job with this show, by the way. Uh, Brian uh, told us during the break that he has a Sweet James update. Sweet James, the beloved uh, L.A. billboard lawyer. Brian, what what Sweet James facts did you find uh, while uh, while we were on break? Yeah, so Sweet James update. I I didn't know much about Sweet James, so I was doing a quick little Google of him, and I found an interview with his wife in Wife magazine. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, This quote stuck out to me. She says, my husband and I get asked all the time about our fitness routines, but we aren't major gym rats. We love eating rich foods and drinking fine wines, she reveals. Besides good genetics, we honestly attribute our lean physiques to a healthy and active sex life. We have a dungeon with a swing that gets more use than our home gym. Yeah. Huh. So I thought that was something. Do they have like, uh, you know, how at a gym they've got all those monitors with like Fox News and CNN on? Do they have that for the sex dungeon? <laughs> oh, the fucking remote's broken. I can't mm. change it from CNN. So <laughs> Say yes to the dress, huh? Again? Oh, oh Jerry Springer. <laughs> well, good to know. And yeah, next time I drive by the uh, Sweet James billboard, I can imagine him uh, getting some uh, cock and ball torture. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen those videos where they like hang a big weight from your from your penis? <laughs> those videos. Sorry, those <laughs> videos. You know those ones. Yeah. You know those ones. I haven't seen those. Seen? The penis weight videos. Yeah, huh? it's like it's supposed to Is be that the ones you're referring to. It's like a kink. It's like, oh, I really want this anvil hanging from my schlong. Huh. Um, because it makes me feel good. Wow. That's what I'm thinking that Sweet James does, that he's just, like, stretching out his ding Yeah, I guess we don't see Sweet James, all the billboards I've seen, at least, are kind of, like, waist up or, you know, kind of shoulders up. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have an anvil on the dingus, and we why do you know. Think, why do you think he's smiling so much in those <laughs> billboard photos? Yeah, because an anvil loves is... to stretch that dong. Loves to stretch that dong. Yeah. Sweet James. He's got a swing in there. Swing is not even... She may be overstating the dungeon part, right? I don't, swing I don't is, know. Swing is much friendly. That's not the kind of thing you find in a dungeon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I think, I think that the, the presence of a swing implies, it implies that you're, you're committed to this, you know? Because like a swing, you know, because like 
think about you know the the sex aids one could purchase mm-hmm. with the swing you know you have to affix it to something you know you have to th- well, you got to find a stud you got to find a stud <laughs> uh, so i guess if you have the swing it implies to me that you have a bunch of other shit too yeah you don't just get the swing right the swing is like the last purchase you've built yourself up to the swing it's sort of like you know when you get a home theater system you get the subwoofer last right yeah the swing is the subwoofer of the sex dungeon, I think is yes, what we're exactly. getting at. I Google image searched Sweet James, and there's a lot of pictures of his billboards, mm-hmm. as you would expect. There's one Pimp C album, and then there's just a picture of a dude whose name is James Sweet. He's a sociology professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Oh. Shout out to my man James Sweet. I hope you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. James Sweet, I bet. Didn't expect to hear your name, did you? Did you? Lucky guy. Holy, wait a minute. James Sweet is the James Sweet Professor of Sociology. What What are you... Yes? Uh-huh. He, no, I mean, he, see, he appears, based on this website, for the University of Wisconsin-Madison. We'll have to ask Linda Barry. That's where she teaches. But this website for the University of Wisconsin-Madison seems to suggest that James Sweet holds a professorship that's named after him. Wow. Who better? This guy's probably great. Why didn't he give that thing up, man? It's very immodest. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to keep... Th- it's it's sort of like George Washington being like, you know what? I'm going to keep that monument, and I'm going to live there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's my monument. It's like George Washington declaring himself the George Washington president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> That's how I imagine it. Anyway, uh, well, when something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at 206-984 for fun or send us a voice memo at jjgo at org. Hey, guess what? Something momentous happened this week. We in the mail today got my daughter's new birth certificate. Hey. Uh, th- cool. Thanks to our friends at the state of California. Uh, very excited. My wife put in a lot of work over a long period of time to make that happen. Um, it's a really annoying hassle, uh, more than you would like it to be, but here we are. We've, we've got the, we've got a piece of paper to prove that she's real. Jesse, is this an ad read for the state of California? (laughs) Yeah, it is. California, only somewhat on fire. Mm. (laughs) It just felt very, it's, it was so sincerely, uh, gracious that I was like, this has got to be an ad read for the state. State? State of California, if this state's a rocket, <laughs> don't come and knock it. If the state's a rocket, that means it's a, ca- a 7.8 earthquake and right. we're all dead. <laughs> Great. We know it works. Uh, what, why don't we listen to a momentous occasion? Hey, Brian. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Go. Um, you were talking about cats and EO, and I had the Hooter stuffed animal you could get at Epcot Center. And when I was young, I was swinging it around like a morning star, and I hit my little sister in the head with it and knocked her over. She got up, she ran toward me, and she kicked me in the balls. And I fell over, and then I got up, and I went to pull her out of a recliner so like chair, and I accidentally broke her arm. And Child and Protective Services thought that uh, my parents had done it, 
It was a whole thing. Anyway, have a great one. Holy cow. Yeah. So this happened recently? I didn't know there were Hooter toys. Got to get on eBay. Was Captain EO, was he a, a military figure? He was a captain. But like, I mean, I... I mean, he could have been a fireman, right? I guess that's my that's my question, or just like a like a you know you know like how in sci-fi stuff sometimes they'll call like a spaceship a boat or like got to get on the ship. Is he a captain of that, or is he a mil? I don't I don't remember the backstory of Captain Neo. My memory of it is pretty hazy, but it, he was captain of a ship before the story took place. It was in the backstory. It was either the Monitor or the Mary Mac. I cannot remember which one. <laughs> I truly cannot remember it, whether he was on the side of good or bad in the Civil War. He was the Monitor, the Mary Mac, or my ex-wife. Right. <laughs> remember that one? Remember that mm-hmm. one? Yeah. Also named Hooter. Ex-wives. H- Hooter. Mother-in-law, huh? Hooter. Hooter. Oh, my mother-in-law is so great. <laughs> she's, been, she's been helping us a lot. That's nice that you're you're working to reform the image of mother-in-laws, the bad image that they've gotten, uh, you know, over you know a hundred years of jokes about them. Jordan, my mother-in-law is the one putting in the work. Shout out to Beth Hosfeld. Yeah, yeah, that lady's doing it. Congrats, world-class mother-in-law. Well done. A plus, ten out of ten. Would recommend. And and hey, I just want to I just want to work to reform the image of Polish people. Polish people, you've had a lot of jokes made about you, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't believe you tried to build that screen door on that submarine. <laughs> nope, we're not buying it. Didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Uh, let's take another call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Judge Hodgman. This is Phil from Memphis. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. Uh, pause, during COVID, pause this I for think a second. All have, you, uh, Brian, pause this. Is this like one of those interviews on 2020 or Nightline where they're in front of a scrim so you can only see their silhouette and there's a robot changing their voice? <laughs> it's like this guy's a mob informant? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of information he's about to disclose. Maybe it's something sensitive. It's been a long time since somebody's broken open an nda on our show well maybe well, let's hear what this let, let's hear what this mob informant has to say for himself i'm calling with a momentous occasion uh, during covid i think we all have uh, perhaps perused a little more porn than normal and uh, indulged ourselves and i found myself doing this a little too much lately so uh three weeks ago my wife got me a chastity cage and I have been in it for three weeks and it has been great I mean you know waking up in the middle of the night uh, hard on that can't get hard isn't great but uh, the whole experience has actually been very good that's it just wanted you guys to know Um, love you guys and stay safe Thanks for calling, sweet James. <laughs> love you guys. Yeah. We love you too. This aching ball and cock torture is just the worst. And yet, I just want to say I love you guys. Yeah. What I like about this call, I mean, obviously I love his positive attitude. Yeah, you got <laughs> to have a positive attitude now more than ever. I love his hushed, mannered speech that led me to believe that his voice was being altered by computer. But what I love most about this is that he gives this review 
of the chastity cage that his wife got him. But he does not give any specifics as to what's good about it. Right. He just says it's great. Huh. Like, so one wonders, what are the criteria to him for a great thing? <laughs> like, turns boners into chafing is one thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that he might... Like, what, what would, you know, if he's like reviewing an inflatable pool on Amazon or whatever... Did he write, yeah, this was great. I couldn't get a hard on. <laughs> He's got more free time for hobbies. Fewer blisters. <laughs> yeah. Less less on your uh, monthly cell phone bill. Yeah. These are all good things. I loved this belt sander. My wife swallowed the key. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, you just don't, just don't, just don't get your... Listen, just don't get your uh, your chastity belts on Wish. It, the, the picture <laughs> looks like one thing, and then you get it, and it's totally different. I mean, it costs two bucks, yeah. so I mean, you're not that mad at it, but, you know. I ordered one from AliExpress, and it turned out to be made of styrofoam. Mm. And, you know, hey, listen, I, I, I maybe this will come off as jingoistic, but when it comes to, when it comes to ball cages, buy American. USA number There's one. There's a lot of hardworking men and women in our nation's rust belt. Assemb- <laughs> assembling. Making stainless steel belts. Essential workers. Listening to the song that goes dun 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 dun, dun over and over again <laughs> while assembling ball cages. And trying to stuff them into their mouths. Right. While the, while the I love Lucy's style. Belt goes faster and faster. The belt belt. Sorry to get up on my high horse. I'll 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 let it slide for now, but uh I don't know. Sorry, it's just how I feel. If something momentous happens to you, two zero six nine eight four four fun or JJ Go at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Schmanners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man, sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks. Every week, myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes, and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. La, 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 la. 
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dave Schilling, I have no nickname. I, I forgot we were doing the nickname thing. I'm sorry. You can just be fired. Uh, you can be fired uh, WWE I'll, writer again. If you I want. don't want to do that again. No, you can do, we don't do new nicknames. Oh, okay. I've, we've had these same dumb nicknames for 13 years. As soon as you did the nickname, I was like, panics. Oh, God, I don't have anything. Nah, well, man, you're good. I'm, you're doing I'm gonna great. I'm going to scribble this onto my hand or something so I don't forget. If there's another <laughs> one. Jordan, I feel like not. we need to be clear that we've had these nicknames for 20 years. I just would rather someone think that a 19-year-old me thought of this stupid nickname than a, a 26-year-old me. I was supposed to be mm. cool when I was 26. I mean, not that I was being cool. I'm just saying I want to preserve what little implied potential mystique I might de- be able to defend. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's just let's just say we were given them at birth. It was uh, against our will, and uh, yeah. And the fact that we're still using them isn't embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> are we just trying to gaslight our listeners? Now? <laughs> we are not embarrassing ourselves. <laughs> Ooh, this is a good podcast, <laughs> and we died ten years ago tonight. My Venmo name is Dave Schilling. (laughs) Ooh, Venmo! I need to pay my internet bill. I like this new signature character we've just developed, Venmo Ghost. (laughs) The grifting ghost who always needs money. Get me back for half of bronze. Hey, man, I know that was two months ago, and I said you were good for it, but I could really use that 20 bucks. Thanks for buying that handmade cutting board from me at the craft fair. (laughs) The weird public feed that goes along with this makes it easy to tell who I'm fucking. (laughs) Why are we splitting Uh, everything? Am I some kind of deadbeat? (laughs) I mean, literally, yes. Yes. Deadbeat. Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, cool. (laughs) Was this the first joke you've gotten on the show, Dave? So far, they've just been like... Because you haven't said... Right over my head. You haven't said I get it yet, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the tell when you know that I thought something was funny. (laughs) I get it. That's what Lauren Michaels does on SNL. Dave, don't try and out-fancy us now that you're published in The New Yorker. Okay, fine. I've been published in a little outlet called the Metro Santa Cruz, (laughs) so I'm pretty fucking fancy, too. All right. Publish your parish, that's what they say. (laughs) Well, (laughs) ask ask Dr. James Sweet. (laughs) All right. Dave, I, uh, you, you, you're a hilarious guy. I like following you on Twitter. I clicked on your uh, New Yorker link that you sent out over Twitter. Um, I am, I have not read it. I am above my article limit, so whenever that resets, I'll remind myself to go back and read your article. As long as I get the click, I just want to get those clicks, man. I don't care. They pay me per click. Is this a, is this a, is this a shout or a murmur? This is yes, it is. It's a shout and a murmur. It's Ooh. Uh, it is about. Um, a, a hypothetical scenario, a funny scenario, if you will, a satirical <laughs> little thing. I like it. I like it so All right, far. Right. Go on. Where um, the director of the last picture show and What's Up Doc, Peter Bogdanovich, 
writes mm-hmm. a uh, an essay for Criterion about the movie Austin Powers in Goldmember. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And as you, I don't want to spoil the joke too much for those who haven't read it yet, but if you know Peter Bogdanovich, he is very fond of digressing from the topic at hand to tell a long-winded anecdote about someone from classic Hollywood, be it John Ford or Orson Welles or uh, John Wayne, any number of people. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and link to your New Yorker piece on the Jordan Jesse Go Facebook page, which people uh, should be following. I'll read the whole thing. I have a subscription. Thank you for doing that. That's how they're able to afford to commission me to write things is because people subscribe. I don't actually pay for it. I get it because I'm an influencer because I've been published in the Metro Santa Cruz. Mm. <laughs> is that a newspaper or like one of those magazines that has like the coolest hotspots to go to in Santa Cruz? It's an alt-weekly. What do you think I am, a mainstream sellout like that's, you? That's true. Good point. You're like the Bukowski of Santa Cruz. Like you and Roger Angel, Susan <laughs> Orlean, Tad Friend. Various and sundry other people. Guys, I haven't published yet. How long before I perish? <laughs> <laughs> it's already reading? started. No, Venmo ghost here to take you to hell. <laughs> <laughs> What's awful about Publisher Parish is that they don't tell you that if you publish, you still perish. Oh, my gosh. Like, if you don't publish, you perish. But if you do publish, you still perish. Death is inevitable. It's true. That's the thing they don't tell you in journalism school. Should I still go through the trouble to publish then? uh, It's it's a 50-50 whether or not you're going to be dead soon, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say spend the money on billboards and get yourself a sex dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the the Jameses will just invite me over to use their sex dungeon. My my question is what came first, the sex dungeon or the local celebrity? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wait, now, Jordan, can I ask you a question? Yes. In this formulation that you've laid out here, where Sweet James and his wife are known as the Jameses. Yeah. <laughs> is your his first name is Sweet, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, uh, Dave Schilling, it's been a joy to have you on Jordan Jesse Go. Thank you for coming on the program. Uh, I, I will say folks should uh, check out your podcast as well, featuring... On, on the most recent episode, uh, our Max Fun colleague, Ify Nwarwe. Uh, what's important about pronouncing Ify's surname, I found, is if, if I just mumble enough, I may get some parts right and uh, miss the other parts. So apologies to our friend Ify. And, and let me say, you did mention that I had the most generic podcast description of all time. There's a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because this is a, a parody of sports talk podcasts. So I try to I try to preserve the fantasy of this sort of the satire of it all. So I don't say, hey, this is a comedy podcast where we have improv comedians playing various characters in sports and, and pop culture. I want people to to really immerse themselves in the fantasy, like you're at Disneyland or Dinner Theater or UCB or something. <laughs> Every time I go to see improv, I just lose myself. (laughs) Yeah, I can't stop just immersing myself in the improv. Uh, Dave, when when you got the acceptance letter from The New Yorker, was it signed by Borowitz himself? 
No, no. He um he does vet everyone though. He does a background check on you and uh-huh. just make sure that you're not funnier than him. And so far, um everyone has been. <laughs> That's why the New Yorker hasn't published in fifteen years. Yeah, I'm still waiting for this thing to come out. I don't know how you guys read it. Uh, Al Gore just got rejected for being too funny. Mm. <laughs> Man, you're not doing uh, mother-in-law stuff, but you're doing Al Gore's boring stuff, huh? <laughs> well, I don't know. I sort of thought of that as get out of my Facebook feed Borowitz stuff. Because the thing is, is you can't block Borowitz without losing the other New Yorker stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. Borowitz trick that he does on you. He's a snake, that Borowitz. You know, if his website was Borowitz.com, you could just block Borowitz.com, and then you'd never have to hear from Borowitz again. But if you block Borowitz.com, you won't get to hear from Susan Orlean or Tad Friend. Or Dave Schilling. Oh, or the great Dave Schilling. I will say, let me take it. Let me take all that stuff back about Borowitz, because I do want to continue writing shouts and murmurs, so I don't want to offend Mr. Borowitz if he does listen to this show. Sir... You're a national treasure, and Donald Trump reads you every week, and he is very <laughs> concerned that you are going to ruin his re-election campaign. So continue yeah. your work. Yeah, Mr. keep steaming the press. <laughs> yeah, stick it to the man, dude. Yeah, old commander-in-chief's going to blow his top over here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon we're going to have a new guy in the George Washington presidency of the United States. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No matter who it is over at 1600, Penn is going to have steam coming out their ears. <laughs> I don't know who this character is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the perspective we're doing here is. <laughs> I think it's just a celebration of the Borowitz report. Right. Oh, getting steam coming out of their ears would be like the kind of thing that you would say about that. Mm-hmm. Just an example. He is hot under the collar that president this guy's eyes are crossing he's so mad about the borowitz report (laughs) borowitz he says bring me borowitz (laughs) in this case in this scenario the president is uh, fred flintstone's boss (laughs) no it's j jonah jameson i was pounding the desk oh yeah sure (laughs) that borowitz is a menace get me pictures of borowitz (laughs) (laughs) And it's me, like, okay, of course, sir. Little does he know I am Andy Borowitz. Whoa, shit. Right under his nose the whole time. Whole time. Guys, yes. let's create a, like a generation-defining sitcom, like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and just retire to the New Yorker. That should be our, our new career goal. Yeah, I'll invent Carlton. <laughs> and you guys can invent the rest. God bless that guy. He could never work another day in his life. But he says to the American people, I know you need me. And he keeps working. Are you talking about Carlton or Borowitz? (laughs) Mr. Borowitz. (laughs) Alfonso Ribeiro is great as the host of America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. And I believe he also sued Fortnite. Oh, yeah. For stealing his dance. For stealing his dance. Well, we've had a lot of fun on Jordan Jesse Go. Dave Schilling has been our guest. Our producer is Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. You can find us on social media at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris on Twitter, where you can hashtag it JJGo. We're also on Reddit, maximumfun.reddit.com. 
Facebook.com or on Facebook where you can join the Maximum Fun group and like Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and their label Light in the Attic Records. Our sincere thanks to them for that. I think that's it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.